come to the church in this last couple of months and, uh, and see what God might be saying. And it talks about, in the scripture, it talks about weighing prophecy. And uh, some, sometimes we think that is just scratch your chin or your beard if you've got one. Uh, scratch your beard and think, oh, is that right or wrong? And of course, that is part of weighing it. But part of weighing it is to give something weight. Do you know what I mean? To think, actually, no, this is God speaking to us, and he's speaking to us for purpose. He wants to do something amongst us. And, uh, and I feel like that we're, we're entering into a, like a new phase of church life. Uh, we're all, God's always doing something new because he's creative. Okay? So if you think, oh, no, not, not again, God doing a new thing. Well, he's always doing new things. And um, so, so uh, one of the things that I feel is really key for us in this coming season is God is going to begin to ask us, he already has been, but turn up the heat, ask us to do stuff that we can't do. Do you know what I mean? So we've just, as a church, we've just journeyed through this pretty difficult journey of, of getting into this building and there's money and all of that stuff been going on. Um, and it's like, okay, God, the next, what are the next mountains for us to climb? And uh, one of the things I believe is one of the next mountains is that we live in stuff that we can't do. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you know, when G- Jesus spoke to a cripple and said, stand up and walk, which is really mean. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? You, you, come on, pull yourself together, stand up and walk. Well, it's a horrible thing to say, unless, of course, you have the power to see them healed, in which case it's the glorious, magnificent thing to do. And uh, Jesus is going to ask us to do things that we can't do in, in the natural. And I, I, um, I had a bit of time with... Um, uh, a guy called David Carr, and some of you would have come across him. Uh, he ran a church, led a church in uh, Solihull, um, quite a large church. And uh, Tom's going to go home to his sick bed. Come on, Tom. Uh, <coughs> um, and uh, he, he's he's um, he's led this church, and I'm, I remember visiting the church a number of times. And what really impacted me by that ministry was uh, there was one moment I went as a Tuesday night prayer meeting. Uh, around about probably, I don't know, eight, 900 people in the room and, uh, for the midweek prayer meeting. And, um, and, and, and then there was a bit of a kerfuffle at the front. Um, and a, and this, a, a family came in, uh, an Asian family, and, um, and they, were, they were wheeling a hospital bed uh, with a patient. And, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't remember what happened with this story, but they're wheeling this, hosp- this bed in. I, we heard that the sick get healed here. Um, I think they were a Hindu family. We heard that the sick get healed here. And uh, what really impacted me, because I don't, as I, honestly, I don't know the end of the story, okay? So I don't know whether they got healed or not. But what really impacted me was he said, come on, church, let's pray. And there was, there was an atmosphere lift in the whole room where, where, where I thought there was a body of people in faith for a miracle. Um, he told me another story when we were chatting over coffee last week or the week before, and uh, he, said, he said, the thing is, because I said, come on, David, how did you do it? <laughs> so that's what I went to see him. I sat down and said, what? He said, what do you want to meet with me for? I said, I want you to tell me how you did it. Uh, he's quite old now. He's got a Parkinson's. He's, do you know what I mean? Uh, so he's, he's, he's slowing down, so he's leading just two churches now, and he's a hospital chaplain. Um, and and uh, so I said, how did you do that? How did you build a church of faith? He said, he said you've just got to do what he says. I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You've just got to do what he says. And, and, and there are moments when, when he, will, he will put something on your heart 
um, and, and, it'll, and it'll be, do you really trust me? He told, he told one story uh, of, uh, as another cancer patient uh, that somebody came, as again, a father brought a son uh, that was dying and was close to, to death. And they brought him to this church. Again, we heard that you that get healed here. And, and he said, and he felt a bit of a nudge from the spirit, come back next week. So he said, could you please come back next week? And they did. During, the, during that week, he was reminded of the story of Naaman. And you know when, when Naaman was told to wash in the, in the Jordan seven times? And, uh, and so, so David, had the, they had these big containers for some reason in their building. And, and God said, tip those, one of the, tip those over him three times of water. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether I'd have done that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you, you're thinking, this is what he said, you, you're sort of thinking the headlines, you know, the church leader, you know, basically you know, tips water over a dying patient uh, and nothing happens. The other thing he, was, he said, it's funny, he, he was aware of that, but probably more aware, and I relate to this, more aware, they'd just had a new carpet fitted <laughs> in, the, in the church. And, uh, and it, was, it, that car, it was a big church. That it, that carpet cost him 60,000 quid. And, uh, and so he's like, well, I'm going to drench it with water. So he's battling with all of this. But, but then God's, how much do you trust me? And uh, so the person came and they, they I mean, they, I think they put some plastic out, I think, to try and save the situation. And, uh, and he tipped water over this patient and told the family, this is what I feel God's asking us to do. And he did it and instant healed and that you know and you, and you kind of think like do you know what I mean it's a it's a you know is that a crazy thing to do is that you know but that person is alive today and they wouldn't be because of the obedience of that man do you know what I mean and I, and I feel God is wanting to just encourage us there's stuff that God has for us um along those sorts of lines do you know what I mean and I, and I know we've seen bits here and there uh, but I think it's been a while hasn't it been a while since we've seen much like that so, so l- last week I, I think i was somewhat inspired by that thing and uh, so, so l- last week we were worshiping it's on the 11 15 service we were worshiping and and um i had a picture of this big ice cream and uh, which is not uncommon for me as you can see <coughs> um so, so i think i you know i was thinking about this ice cream and then it just the spirit just dropped in my mind um <coughs> someone here can't eat that because they'll get ill and I, and I actually asked, well, that's, that's sad. Um, and, so, and so I stood and said, you know, is there, is there someone here um, that I just had a picture of an ice cream? And I felt like a bit of an idiot. Someone, you know, is there, is, there, is there anyone here that if they ate that ice cream that they'd be ill? I think God might want to do something. Uh, and uh, and a, a young lady put her hand up and, uh, and, you know, we prayed. And that was that, really. We, we got on with the service and carried on worshipping. And, um, and she, she, she texted me in the afternoon, uh, saying, hi, hi, Jim, um, I've just tucked into a big bowl of ice cream, uh, and I would be ill right now, and I am not. And, uh, so faith, faith on her part to, to, to eat the ice cream. I mean, I, you know, I, again, it all comes with a health warning. I, you know, you've got to know, you've got to have some faith, real faith, to do stuff like that. Um, and then I got a text later in the week uh, from her dad, uh, with, a, with a photograph of her eating a big lump of cheese uh, saying she really is healed, Jim. Um, so uh, so we, we haven't seen that for a while, do you know what I mean? And, and, and we're, we're only going to see that when we, when, we, when we have the guts 
to listen to the Spirit and step out. One of the reasons why we're trying to revamped the prayer a little bit so we're going to do it again next month rather than our normal advance evening of worship and prayer we're going to do another 24 hours um so the building's going to be available 24 hours you can book your slot uh, that's already open i believe so you can book your slot to pray uh, because we we know that if we're going to do the stuff that we can't do we need to hear from god don't we and we need to we need to have a, a, a relationship with him so that we when we hear him we're going to act because faith has risen in our hearts anyway <clears throat> None of those are the three prophecies. None of that is the three prophecies. The three things I want us to look at. Uh, who was here um, a few weeks ago when I did the mammoth seed quiz? <laughs> who has fond memories of the mammoth seed quiz? Yeah, okay. All right, okay. It was a bit long. Um, <clears throat> I accept that. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, it, it was good. And we were, the whole concept was that um, just in nature... Seed, it's natural, it naturally wants to multiply. That's what it wants to do. And Jesus told a parable, didn't he, of the, of the, of the, the sower and the seed. Uh, and he talked about, you know, and we often think about the, which land, it falls on the rocky ground, the thorny ground, and so on and so forth. And we want it to land on good soil and all of that. The thing that we often miss is that Jesus said he expects a crop in the good soil, expects a crop of 30, 40, 100 fold. Um, of seed. So he's, what, he's, what he's saying is one seed should produce another hundred, you know, best case scenario, a hundred seeds. So I kind of, I was looking at this the other, the other week thinking, oh, <clears throat> I wonder how many seeds you do actually get from seeds. And, and, and I, we did a quiz, didn't we? And uh, wheat, which was probably the seed that Jesus had in mind um, when he was telling his parable, uh, should be able to yield in, in the right conditions around about 110 other seeds. So from one seed, you should get 110 seeds. And we, and we discovered, didn't we, that there was an orchid uh, that allegedly could produce 100 million seeds. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Google told me it could anyway. So, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so that's what we're talking about. So there's three words. The first word uh, was we were at an advanced meeting, not this last month, but the month before. And I felt... You know when, the, when God speaks to the uh, prophet in the scriptures and, and he says, what do you see? And God asks them a question. Well, I felt God asked me to ask him a question. And, uh, and, and I've mentioned it before, but the question I felt God asked me to ask him is, why have I given you a grain store in the center of Worcester? Which I think is a good question. Any thoughts? Non-rhetorical question. Any thoughts? Why would God give... Yeah, I mean, I've kind of given the game away, haven't I? Almost, uh, you know. Any any other thoughts? Feed people. I mean, you know, and and, and this, you know, I, and it's just a building, right? It's just a building. Um, I know the ins and outs of this building, you know, but but it is just a building. But there's something symbolic, isn't there? There's something prophetic about what he's done uh, with giving us this building, it being a grain store. And I, I, to be honest, I've I've thought mostly in the time that we've been working on this building and so on and so forth. I've been mostly thinking about the feeding the city and, and, and thinking a lot about Joseph and storing um, grain. Uh, incidentally, he, he stored you know, a, a fifth of the grain in a time of plenty so that they could then feed the nations in a time of famine. So if anybody wants a double tithe, crack on. Um, <clears throat> so, um, and you know, half of it go to Alex and Dima if you want to, just saying. Um, but... Um, you know, I've been thinking about that, the feeding of the nation. And it was, it was at the prayer meeting where Rachel Blow, because um, I asked the same question in the prayer meeting, what do, we, what do we think of? And she said, she thought of seeds growing and then pots being, you know, you have to plant them out. I thought, oh, 
and that sort of bubbled and bubbled with me uh, for some time now. And, and, um, and, I, and I feel like God is speaking to us about being, being a church that can gather seed and plant it out. Gather seed, plant it out. Gather seed, plant it out. And, and looking to us to raise our expectation of multiplication. And, uh, and I, I know what you feel about that, but because it's not our experience, is it? We're, we're delighted when one person uh, comes to Jesus. We've got a, we've got a few in the, in the Sunday night that have recently given their lives to Jesus, probably two or three, uh, and we're like, excited. Uh, the expectation Jesus is putting in Scripture is a multiplication of seeds. I mean, and, and, and I, and I want to encourage you that when Jesus speaks a word into your soul, into your heart, he's expecting a multiplication. He's expecting a crop, isn't he? So what is he expecting from you in that? I mean, the truth is the seed is the bit that does the life, the, the work, isn't it? Now there was, there was I, again, I've got this on Google, so it's got to be true. Um, uh, uh, but it's a good illustration if it isn't. But there, 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 was, there, there was recently, I don't know, a few years ago, somebody found in a uh, tomb in Egypt uh, some seed that they dated to 3,000-year-old seed. 3,000-year-old seed. And guess what they did? They planted it. And guess what it did? It flipping grew. They made bread from that seed that was 3,000 years old. Point is, the seed was just waiting for the right soil. Just sitting there, waiting for the right soil. And when God speaks to us, he's planting seed. His word is, that's what this parable is saying, his word is seed. And, he, and he, he's investing, he's planting seed into our hearts. Now, of course, part of that fruit, part of the growth is in us, isn't it? I'm a better person than I was, you know, 30-something years ago when I became a Christian. It wasn't difficult. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, and that's fruit. That's, one of, that's part of it, isn't it? The, the fruit in us. And we probably, we, we probably emphasize and talk about that a fair bit. And, and, and we're probably doing okay on seeing that fruit in us. Do you know what I mean? You know, we, we, you know, because of the word of God, we don't shout at our kids as much. That sort of stuff. Right? Um, do, do, well, maybe we do. Anyway. Um, <coughs> do you know what I mean? So, so the fruit of the spirit in us, uh, what we're perhaps less good at is, right, who have... Who have I now, where have I planted that seed? God spoke to me, who have I shared it with? Where have I planted it? That one we're probably not so, so hot on, are we? And, uh, and I, you know, I was chatting to um, Simon um, Holly, who, who heads up our movement, our, our family of churches, and, uh, and I was chatting to him about it, and, and I was talking about multiplication, and I said, come on, Simon, how do we do it? How do we get to be a multiplying church? And he said, well, when you find out, tell me. <laughs> um, but he said, one thing that we've got to master is that, that when we hear the word of God, we've got, to sh- we've got to get into the habit of sharing it. Jesus' expectation when he spoke the word of God was that they would then tell others that stuff. That was his expectation, that, that it was always going to be, right, freely I've received, freely give. Who am I, who am I going to invest this in? So, so you're hearing um, what I hope is uh, some words from God today. Who are you going to share it with? What's it, what are you going to do with it? Who are you going to share it with? 
is, is a really important thing for us to ponder and think about. Um, and, and, and it probably requires a, a bit of a, um, I don't know, a bit of a, a, a paradigm shift. It's a good word, isn't it? Par- you know, in other words, you, you, you're looking at the same thing, but in a totally different way. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like the Church of Jesus Christ, particularly in the West, needs a bit of a paradigm shift uh, where, where we, t- we're, I don't know, I'm, I'm being a bit unkind. I'll say it quietly. We're a bit consumer, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? We find a church that's, that serves our needs. And it was never meant to be like that. Never meant to be like that. It's always meant to be an expanding mission. The Church of Jesus Christ, the Ecclesia, is, is, is the people called out on a mission. That's what it is. That's what it means. Do you know what I mean? We go to church. No, we are the church on a mission. Um, and, uh, and I know we, I bang on about this and I pick on you about it sometimes. Uh, but it's the, it's the expectation of Scripture. It is, it is it's how it all began. Jesus took 12 people. Um, uh, you know, and if you count the if you count the fringe 120 to turn the world upside down and change the world, and the gospel came to us because it went to them, because of multiplication. That's what he did. Do you know what I mean? We're we're sending Alex and Dee to the Middle East because that's that's how it works. The, the kingdom, the seed comes and it grows and it multiplies, and we plant it out. We plant it out. Another seed comes, it grows, it multiplies. We plant it out. We plant it out. That's how it works. Do you know what I mean? And, and uh, we, we, we're in danger as a church, aren't we? Not just us, but, but probably in the Western world. We're in danger of, of, of kind of getting everything a little bit the wrong way around. So we spend a lot of time praying about, thinking about, talking about, dreaming about how to build his church for him. And, you know, Jesus said, he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Incidentally, gates don't do a lot apart from defend. So he's talking about a church that's going out, just saying, little, little free one. Um, you know, and, and so he said, I'll build my church. And he said, now you go and make disciples. Whereas we tend to spend our time trying to build his church and trust that he'll send some disciples. Don't we? Well, I don't know. <coughs> He's calling us to go and make disciples. He's calling us to grow seed and plant it. Grow seed, plant it. Grow seed, plant it. Grow seed, plant it. That's what he's calling us to do. And encourage them to grow seed, plant it. Grow seed, plant it. Um, I'm, I'm told, I'm told that, um, I haven't done the maths. I'm told that if, if, um, if, if, you know, I know this is one of those things. It won't happen. But if every Christian led one, one person to Jesus in a year, and, and then that person led one person to Jesus in a year, and I think it's something like 30-something years, the whole world is a Christian. Anyway, um, so, so the first word is, why has God given us a grain store in the center of town? Because I think he wants us to know about seed. He wants us to be people of his word, grow his word, germinate his word, and plant it. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a shift for us as a church to be about that, to be about where we're planting the seed. Uh, the second word um, that came, and they're saying similar things. They're all about seed. Uh, the second word that came uh, that I want to mention was um, at the, the last advance uh, where we were doing the 24 hours of prayer um, uh, that we did like a, a sort of four-hour advance gathering. And the second half, 
Uh, it hotted up a bit in the second half, didn't it? It was quite quiet and gentle in the first half. Second half, hotted up. So top tip, either just come for the second half next time or don't go home. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so, so the second half hotted up. And then Dave Collett had this word, um, and it says, remember your seed. Like, oh, I've been thinking about seeds. Um, and, uh, and, I, and we sort of prayed about that a little bit. And, uh, and I think, you know, it, every one of us has a moment in our story where God planted a seed. Look at me. I remember, I remember in fact, uh, two weeks ago, we had a wedding in here, and, and it was from somebody from a different church, and the drummer was the drummer in the band at the, at the event that I went to when I got saved 30-something years ago. And he, we looked at each other, and he looked at me, and he said, I know you. And I said, yeah, I think I know you. And we, we, we you know, we spent ages trying to figure out. This happened in the cafe, just as a side story. We met a guy in the cafe last week, um, and we looked at each other. And I said, I know you from somewhere. And, uh, and he said, yeah, Gloucester Prison. I said, no. <coughs> um, but I used to work with him 30-something years ago. Anyway, um, and was, I was able to, he had, he, he, was, he had cancer, and I was able to pray with him. So we'll see what happens. This is last week in the cafe. Um, anyway, the drummer. So 30 years ago, so 30 years ago, I went to a Christian meeting as a, as a spotty teenager, and, um, and I heard a message that changed my life, and the message was that God is your Father, and he loves you unconditionally, no matter what, and that he has a purpose for your life. I sat there with my long hair and my leather jacket. I was cool. Um, um, I mean, so cool. And, um, and uh, I remember sitting there thinking, well, if that ain't true. But if it is, I'll go to church. Because that's amazing. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, it, and it, it hadn't been my experience. So, so God knew what seed to sow. A tailor-made seed for me. My, you know, so my experience, you know, I, my, my, I have few memories of my real dad. Um, you know, he left when I was around about five. Uh, we thought it was earlier, didn't we? But we found out recently it was about five. So most of the memories are blanked. The memories I do have are extreme violence. Uh, from that time and then and then my stepdad uh, did his best but also um, would be somewhat violent and you know a, a, a vivid memory is sitting watching tv and you hear the the, the noise start creeping up of, and, uh, of argument and, and even now when I hear those sorts of tones I, my heart can start to pound a little bit because of those memories so one time watching tv and then and then door flung open Mum run, mum ran into the room, followed by a chair, uh, and then and then the whole house is being smashed. Um, those, are, those, do you know what I mean? And so and so when God spoke to me about being a father who loves us unconditionally, it was a seed that that was going to grow and germinate and produce a crop. Um, and uh, and you know and and as a result of which He gave me a purpose. And interestingly, the purpose, you know, part of what I exist for is to care for and love. And to serve and to minister to those who are fatherless. Who, do you know what I mean? And that's what. And that's you, those that know me. That's that's a fair chunk of what I do with my time. But this, you know, the point I'm saying to you is that seed was sown right at the beginning. I want you, I want you to think about what. Remember your seed. What what did it for you? Now I know what some of you are thinking. It wasn't very dramatic, Jim. Grew up in church. It wasn't all that dramatic. But there will be moments, think back, when it all became, when faith grew in your heart because God planted a word in your heart. 
what was in the DNA of that seed? Because it, what, very often what was in the DNA of that seed starts to shape our call and what we're about and what God is calling us to plant. So what was it for you? Have a, have a little thing. I tell you what, why don't you, why don't you um, speak to the person next to you just for a couple of minutes and say, do you know what, I think it was this. This is what did it for me. Now, some of you are thinking, I came here to sit up my own and not talk to anyone. Well, too bad. <coughs> All right. <laughs> so so turn, turn to a neighbor. Uh, if you want to find someone that isn't your spouse, that's fine. Do that. Um, and just t- tell them, just in a couple of minutes, this is what it was for me. This was the seed sown. This wasn't the one. This wasn't the one. That was the one. Folks, this is a one minute thing. This is my time, not yours. It's a joke. Okay, folks, have we managed? I know some of us is a much longer story, and, uh, and that's fine. Um, so, th- so the third thing was that, um, in one of the services, going back probably a little bit longer, maybe a month or two, two, two or three months back in the 1115 congregation, uh, Jeff Steady uh, had a word, and, and the word was... Um, what have you done with your seed? And you can see, you can see why I sort of, God's been speaking to me through, through these words that have come independently, not knowing the connection. Um, but I think it's a good question, isn't it? God's, you know, truth is, God's, in, God's made an investment and he wants a return. I mean, that's, do you know what I mean? Business terms, made an investment, wants a, wants a return. Uh, you know, he told the parable of the talents, didn't he? And, uh, and the one that hid it away and didn't multiply it, Jesus wasn't ever, ever so pleased with. He said, take it off that one and give it to the one with 10. It was that way around, wasn't it? 10, yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good question for us to ponder, isn't it? You know, kingdom investment. God has pl- planted his seed in us and, and he wants to see it grow. And, and clearly, there's all sorts of things in that, and we can, we can be better, and that is part of the growth. But, but a huge part of what Jesus was referring to is p- other people finding faith in him. God's got, you know, it's important to kind of step back and remember God's big plan. 
God's big plan is to create one new nation from all nations. And, and that he would see, you know, his plan is that he is going to return. He's going to return when the gospel has gone to every people group. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and he's, got, he's got an A plan and he doesn't have a B plan. His A plan is you and me. There is no B plan. You know what I mean? So, so, so the destiny of the human race is on our shoulders. I mean, there's, you know, a few million others as well. But it is on our shoulders. And uh, what, you know, what have, what have you done with your seed? Is a, is a really good question. Now, now I know, I, it, it is not my intention for anybody to walk out those doors feeling oh, guilty because I haven't done enough. No, I, I'd love us to go out the doors feeling inspired because the word of God has got its own life. The word of God is what builds faith. So if you're thinking, if you're, if you're feeling a bit got out, a bit beaten up, and a bit like, well, hang on a minute, he wants me to do more and I'm already knackered. That's not what I'm getting at. Um, because, because actually we can, you know, when, when the word of God is planted, it's actually easy. It's not, I'm not talking about more energy, more effort. In fact, in fact um, last week, I, um, I, I, was, I was preparing, as I was away last, last week doing a men's retreat thing, I went paragliding. Anyway, that's another story. Um, did a men's retreat thingy, and uh, and I had three talks to do there, and then and then I'm speaking. Uh, then we had the World Cafe Day yesterday, speaking this morning, and then again tonight. And I was feeling the pressure of it, so five talks running around my head, um, and um, and so so there was a moment where I thought I'm just knackered, um, and and I'll be honest with you, I hate preparing talks anyway. Uh, it's boring, um, and and and. Uh, and so, so I thought, I'm going to go for a walk. So I went, I went, I just get clear my head. So I went, for, I went down by the river and uh, just to clear my head and have a bit. I kind of hope the ice cream man was there as well, if I'm honest. Um, and and uh, so I'm walking down by the river and then, and then God highlights this young guy sat on a bench. And I thought, oh, no. Uh, uh, God, we're not doing that today. <laughs> I mean, I've got these talks to do. Um, and, uh, and, and so, la- so at the service last week, I, I asked God, God, we really could do with a drummer. Can you give us another drummer, please, and quick? That's, I mean, we like the drummers we've got. Do you know what I mean? But you, you just really like more of them. Um, so, so you could do with another drummer. Can you please give us... Anyway, walking down by the river, see this young man on his own, um, and uh, <clears throat> felt a nudge from the spirit. Uh, oh, you know, got to do it, because I've, you know, David Carr and all that. So, so I went, um, I went up to the, the guy and said, hi, um, I'm praying. I had a little bit of a nudge from the Holy Spirit to come and ask if you're okay. Are you okay? And he says, sit down. And, and we, we chatted. And he was, he was, where was he from? Ghana. Ghana. A young man from Ghana. Got a job in this country. Didn't know anybody. Um, was part of a, a, a charismatic church in Ghana. Hadn't found a church um, uh, here yet. Didn't know how to connect with the church here. I was feeling a bit lost. Um, and we're chatting. And I said, oh, you know, I lead a church. And da, da, da. We're chatting. And, and I said, well, come back, the cafe's on now. So he came back to the cafe. I played a game of pool with him. Um, didn't get any of my talks written, but I was playing a game of pool with him. And, and, uh, and, and then he said, I said, well, tell me about your church. And he said, well, got out of his phone, show me a picture. And there he is, sat in his drum kit, drumming away. Uh, uh, I said, oh, you, you, you're a drummer, are you? <laughs> uh, and uh, so, so we're going to, I'll see, I'll, I'll tell you the, the rest of the story. But I'm hoping he's going to come tonight to uh, encounter and drum for us. Because uh, we don't need to audition for encounter, we're, we're pretty relaxed. Um, <coughs> so, 
So, uh, so he's going to come and drum for us, hopefully. Um, but the point is, the point is, when we listen to the Spirit, we listen to the Word of God and we do it, it's, it's actually really easy and it's not a lot of hard work. When we try and be religious, it's hard work. That's what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? He multiplies our time. He, he, he can use our time. When we, when we beat ourselves and think, oh, Jim's now, I've got to, I'm now, I'm, I'm, you know, kids, work, family, all of this, I'm juggling all of this. Jim's saying, I've got to make a disciple over here. Do you know what I mean? No, no, I'm saying, listen to the Spirit and do it. Listen to the Spirit and do it. He's, he has invested his word into your life, plant it in others. In amongst your life, just do it. When we do that, time, it, it, it's not hard work. I mean, there's persecution, and we might get hated for it, <laughs> just, you know, but it's not hard work. I just want to encourage us to do that. They, 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 um, I haven't done much Bible, so I'll do one scripture. Um, uh, at Revelation 12, uh, it talks about overcoming the dragon. Great, I mean, Revelation's brilliant, isn't it? Dragons and beasts and foreheads and all of this. Um, but there's a bit, bit in, in Revelation 12 where, where it talks about that the dragon was defeated, Satan himself was deceited and, and cast down. And it says they, being you and me, the people, the brethren, that's sister in as well, um, you, you know, overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Do you know what I mean? We overcame, and we, we cast the dragon down by the blood of the lamb, very important, and the word of their testimony. And so... Um, I want to encourage you to use the seed. One, one, one more quick story. It's an old story, um, and then we'll finish. Just an example of the seed. So there's another part, and this was a few years ago, some years ago, uh, I was again in town, and, and there was another young man sat on a bench. Uh, I have a bench ministry, and, and, um, and I felt prompted to go and chat to him. So I went and chat to him, and I said, and I said if you could change one thing about your life, what would you change? He said, everything, mate. I said, oh, tell me about it. And, it, and, and there were, there were so, he was a he was 14-year-old guy, should have been in school. Um, and uh, I said, there were, there were meetings happening at the moment uh, about whether we should go in care or not. There was some abuse going on. He was um, not managing to survive without cannabis and then was stealing to get his cannabis. Now, all of this stuff was unraveling in his life. Um, and uh, he'd been beaten up and all, all of this stuff. And I said, let me, let, me, let me tell you why I'm having this conversation. It was raining as well. We were doing some outreach, and we thought we'd persevere in the rain. I said, let me tell you why I'm you know, sitting on a bench in the rain with you to have this conversation. I said, because I believe in Jesus. And he, he said, don't you tell me about Jesus. Is what he said to me. He said, I've asked Jesus to help me every day for three months, and he's done nothing. Mm. <laughs> oh, what am I going to do about that? And I, and, I, and I sort of, a moment of help, because I'm, I'm not very clever. Spirit just helped. And I just, I just looked at him and I said, what do you think he'll do? What is the answer? If he helped you, if he did something, if he answered your prayer, what would he do? And he said, do you know, I never really thought about that. I said, is it, pos- is it possible that he might send a funny looking bearded man to sit, n- sit next to you on a bench in the rain that has lived that life that you've just described, that have gone through the stuff that you've just described to me, but found a way out and found hope. Is it possible that God might send someone to you to, to, to point you 
towards hope and a way out. And tears fell out. But I think he might. And the both of us just sat there sobbing in the rain, held his hands, prayed for him, for God to give him hope in his heart. I mean, I, I can honestly tell you, there is nothing better than doing that stuff. And it isn't because anyone's clever or bright. It's because there's nudges of the Holy Spirit. God sows the seed of his word and we plant it. Simple. I just want to encourage you. I want, I want to pray for us. I encourage you uh, to think back of your testimony. Think back of the seeds, the word that God's sown into your heart. And, and what is God asking you to, to do in response to that? Let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you that, Lord, it isn't us. It's the word that's got life. It's your word that's got power. It's your word that can transform lives. Would you, would you increase our confidence in your word? God, would you change our expectation to multiplication? When we hear your word, would you, would you change our, our response, our first thought to be, who can I share it with? Where can I plant this word? Holy Spirit, would you do a work in, in this church across three congregations? Would you do a work amongst us? Uh, God, that we would truly see multiplication. God, we, we have no ambition to build a large church to be successful. God, we have ambition for your glory. We ambition, God, for the world to experience what you're like. Lord, we want to obey your command to go and make disciples. But we feel fragile. We feel frail. Would you help us in that task? Holy Spirit, would you anoint us to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jim. Amazing encouragement, isn't it? Feeling the challenge and encouragement of that, like a, an invitation to be part of an amazing adventure and somebody else's adventure as well. So. Yeah, let's grab hold of that as we go out into our weeks and our various different contexts. So please do uh, do join us downstairs for tea and coffee and biscuits. And uh, don't forget to get your kids as well on the way because uh, you've got nowhere to keep them. And they have a habit of getting out. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>